Not what I was, but what I could be. That's how mercy saw me. I don't know what I, I, I can say after that. I have tears in my eyes. That's how God found me. Thank you, Randy. What a song. Well, let's open our Bibles, please, to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 7. The Gospel of Luke and chapter 7. In the first part of this chapter, Jesus heals the centurion's servant. And the second part, in the middle, Jesus raises the only son of the widow. Verse 11, and it came about soon afterwards that he went to a city called Nain, and his disciples were going along with him, accompanied by a large multitude. Now as he approached the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow and a sizable crowd from the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he felt compassion for her and said to her, Do not weep. And he came up and touched the coffin, and the bearers came to a halt. And he said, Young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. And fear gripped them all. And they began glorifying God, saying, A great prophet has arisen among us. And God has visited his people. And this report concerning him went all over Judea and in all the surrounding districts. May God bless his word. Let's say a word of prayer. Our Father, when we look at your word, we see ourselves so weak, unworthy to tackle what it has for us. But with all our weakness, we pray that you take the words and apply them to our hearts. And remember this morning, those who are dead in sins and trespasses, raise them and give them life. And bless this word to the rest of us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The miracle at Nain. Someone said, the clock of life is one but once. And no man has the power to tell just when the hands will stop at late or early hour. To lose one's wealth is sad indeed. To lose one's health is more. To lose one's soul, such a loss that no man can restore. 30 
nine people died while telling you this. Every hour, over 5,700 people go to meet their maker. We could have been amongst them. Sooner or later, one of us will be. Are we ready? The procession in this in these verses we read has already gone through the town and is on the way out of town, the place of burial. Customarily they are out of town. You know that. The deceased was the only son of his mother. And the compassion of the Lord Jesus Christ moved him. And you may ask me, Adol, how did he know? Well, can we ask God, how do you know? God knew who was in Capernaum and he knew that there was a funeral, a procession going down in Nain, about probably 50 miles south. But he proceeded to give comfort and relief to the broken-hearted mother. As a widow without a man in the family, she would probably become destitute. She lost her only love for life. Unable in that society to earn a living. Others around her are weeping. Mourning a young man who was snatched by death. While he was still very young and without mercy. Let's look at the giver of life this morning. Jesus Christ. He was coming in. Now the prince of life is about to enter the gate of the city. As the king of terrors is coming out of the city. You know where grave yards are nowadays. Most of them are outside the city. And so many times I, I am not trying to blame anyone. When people, I knew some people who used to take their uh, picnic and go have a picnic in the cemetery. I said, how can they enjoy it there? And can you imagine someone building a house overlooking a nice cemetery there so they look, I want to enjoy this site? You try to stay away of that. And this is why death takes out people out of their lives, out of the city, out of their families. And death takes them outside. To bury them. And sooner or later. They are forgotten. Because they are amongst the dead. They are not amongst the living. And here. The prince of life. The giver of life. Is coming in. Not going out. And then they meet at the gate. And praise God. Life wins the contest there. Life is victorious at the gate. I hope 
Not one single woman here will lose an only begotten son of hers. Because this is a bitter cup to drink and a big blow for that woman who was there. There, death and life met face to face. And does not this remind you, dear Christians, of Calvary? Where life and death met in mortal combat just outside the city of Jerusalem. There, the Lord was hanging on that tree. And through his death, he destroyed him that had the power of death. And there, he brought life and immortality through the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Lord approached the mother. And with a voice like no other, filled with compassion, we heard that song today. Mercy and compassion. And that song broke me completely because I remembered myself. That song described me. I was away from God, living in sin, perplexed, completely destroyed. And Jesus found me. And he approached the mother and with a compassionate voice, with a loving voice, he said, woman, don't cry. How many times we said these words to our loved ones? How many times we visited people who have been bereaved? We told our wives, we told husbands, children, Friends and those who are in pain and said, don't cry. It shall pass. It's okay. Right? We try to sympathize with them. We try to comfort them. These are words that we cannot come up with more words than these in times of sadness and bereavement. And we find ourselves so many times unable to do more than that. We can't do anything else but not our Lord. And that's the difference this situation makes. He can shout, don't weep. But only he could say that and at the same time remove the cause of tears. Did you hear that? He is the only one who can tell you, do not weep and removes the cause of tears. Why? Because he is God himself incarnated in the form of man. He cried at Lazarus grave. He did not stand there in line with the mourners and says, where's the line? Do you know how there's a line with the mourners? And where's the soul can shake the hands of the two sisters and say, well, I feel with you. I need, you need to be comforted. Yeah? If it was Buddha, I would have that, that, that. If it was any other so-called false prophet, he would have done that. They couldn't do anything else before death. Because all of them died and they never came back. But only one died and came back is the Lord Jesus Christ. He didn't do that. He did something no one else could have done or will do and will ever do. He stood before that gravesite and he called Lazarus come forth. And Lazarus, he came forth. Completely. He said, loose him 
and let him go. The king and the prince of life can defy death and death says, yes, sir, I will deliver the prey to your hands. Let's look at the dead man. A dead man, the Bible says, is being carried out of the city. First of all, we said the dead man. The man is dead, right? Do we have to prove it? He's in a coffin. The coffin is open, okay? And they used to carry him that time. And everybody behind him. I, I uh, walked in many processions back in the old country. And that's how they do it. You walk behind them about a mile, two miles, three miles, depending where you live. And go to the graveside and you bury them there. You walk behind them. And these people were walking there. The man is dead in trespasses and sin. That's a picture of this dead man. Man himself in general. Man and woman. Is dead in trespasses and sin. And no human power can stop that downward course of his to the grave and then beyond the grave. I hope each and every one here this morning realizes that death is not the end of the story. Oh, I will die and leave this place and uh, I will disintegrate, I will come dirt and that's it. No, no. Your soul lives forever. Whether you are saved or unsaved, you are going to live forever. The saved person will live to be with the Lord forever and ever. And the unsaved will live to be in hell and damnation forever and ever. I'm sad to say it, but this is the truth. And this is what the Bible says. But you say, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Adol. You are... You're being judgmental. No, I'm not. I'm quoting the Bible. But a young man might come. And we have too many young men here today. And I hope all of you, if not most, are saved. We'll say, wait a minute. I'm a good young man. Okay. I go to church. Okay. I give my little tithing. Okay. I love people. And people love you. I know that. And I confess my sins to the priest every Sunday. I go, I go to church and confess it. Okay. I try not to hurt anyone. I love life. And I don't steal. I don't uh, do anything. I am somehow a good citizen. I deserve a break. After all, I'm still very young. And I have all the time to think seriously about life and death. Let me ask you a question. Do you think death has favorites? Do you think when death strikes, he has to say, well, I'm going to strike the old ones first, and then the young ones? Or the middle age, then those who are older later on? Death has no favoritism at all. Death can take a young Boy of three years old that we have heard about last week. And he can take a, an old man of 83 that you read about in the paper this morning. And on the 22nd of this month, we heard that uh, Anthony Berger, the great piano player on the Gaither vocal band, 
he was playing, we shall behold him on the piano. And he succumbed to death and he died with a massive heart attack. Was he pre-informed? Was he notified? This young man, they were carried. Was he notified? This young man, you man, you are going to die on such and such date. If you have this connection with God, please give it to me. I'd like to know about it. <laughs> like my manager, when we used to be in a very tight situation, and so on, he says, "Where, where, where? I'll come here." I says, "You have connection with that man upstairs. Praise a prayer. We are in danger. We don't have." We have a relationship with God. But the time and days when God is going to take you and take me home, this is kept in him, with him, and he decides when. The procession was going. And nothing can save a man who's going down to his destiny. And no one can stop. Death, regardless of what you do. The only thing that can change your life and give you a new hope is what Jesus Christ said himself. Not Adol nor anyone else. You must be born again. Then you will look at death under a different view. And you look at death as a slave, as a servant to take your hand And take you to be with the Lord. And there you shall be with the Lord forever and ever. We were dead in trespasses and sin. And God came. Jesus came and changed our lives. His mercy, his compassion. He mended our broken hearts and gave us a new life. Do not cry, woman. The second thing we notice about this young man, beside being dead, dead. Right? Dead, dead. Period. He's being carried out. The Bible says he was carried out. He's helpless to avoid his destiny. He can't do anything about it. For he's dead. This is a a true picture of of our society today. And I want to narrow it down a little bit. It's a true picture of our young generation today. Our generation, our youth is being carried out today. What is carrying you out, if I may ask? Young man, what is carrying you out? How many cannot wait to leave the restraint of home? And say, I can't wait to be 18. Because I want to go and live it up. Remember the... Uh, prodigal son, he says, that I'm 18 now, give me, give me my share, and I want to go and live it up. He went and lived it up, did he? He did not. He thought he would. I don't want to live under my dad's anymore authority or my mom's authority. I want, I'm a young man, I want to live on my own, I want to spend when I want to spend, I want to go wherever I want to go. I don't like these restraints. I don't like to be under authority. This is today what's happening in our society today. And you know what? Our society is going down, 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 down to hell and damnation because authority is not being exercised by fathers and mothers in the household. You're carried out. You have companions. 
Satan used companions. Oh, he's a nice kid. I'll send my son with him. But you don't know that they are going, whether to do pot or do something else. And then you will receive a call that your son is somewhere that you don't want to hear about. I want to be my own boss. But let me tell you one thing. None of us are our own boss. Young man, young woman, please understand, we are either being ruled over and led by the Lord Jesus Christ, or otherwise by sin and Satan. There is no in-between. You cannot be your own boss. You cannot make your own decisions. This man, he's dead. And as such, you are dead, and we were dead in trespasses and sins, and you are being carried out. What winds are carrying you out? What kind of lusts are carrying you out? What kinds of uh, things that are going in your life that are carrying you out? He was being carried out. Where? Out of town. To do what? To bury him. How many young men today with no moral energy to say no, who has been gradually taken down and down and down to eternal doom. Young man, listen. Listen. Do not try to be your own boss. The only boss you want is the Lord Jesus Christ. And with a weeping mother later on that goes behind you, Walking behind that coffin. Oh yes, sorrowing over the loss of her child. Uh, it, it is good for you and me to stop and think a little bit. Where am I going? Am I really with Christ? Am I really alive in Christ? Or am I dead still in my trespasses and sin? Think about that. And who is your boss? There was a happy ending for this scene. And you can make it a happy ending for your life by taking your boss as the Lord Jesus Christ. Third thing about this dead man is this dead man did not earn his second chance of life. I repeat that. He did not earn the second chance of life. He was leaving Nain. And Nain means in the book, in the Bible, pleasant. This world has much to attract. Much to cause men to close their ears and their hearts. To the appeal of God's grace that is calling you to come and be a living person. But in the end... In the end, you are going to leave this pleasant scene. And it must be left behind because you cannot help it. Once you're dead, they're going to carry you and bury you outside of town. You are going to leave. If you think this is a pleasant scene, if you think this is where you want to spend your life, if you are enjoying what you're doing now, if you're looking uh, for life here on earth, Let me stop you a little bit. One day, you're going to be carried out. One day, people are going to carry you. And here, well, maybe, and then 
where they're going to take you out of town and put you six feet under and that'll be the end. This pleasant scene that you loved and liked and enjoyed will be no more. And my advice is to look for the pleasant scene that God has prepared for you up there. Give him your life. We uh, we cannot earn this new life. But we can accept God's gift of life. Did you accept it? If you did, congratulations. It is free, by the way. For the Bible says all have sinned. And come short of the glory of God. But Jesus bought you back. Rejoice. You who got saved lately. And I mean Candice. The Lord bought you back. We're family. He paid the price with his very own blood. And in Romans... Chapter 6, verse 23, the Bible says, For the wages of sin is, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Everyone who accepted the Lord Jesus Christ last year and lately and this year, I congratulate you because you have found life and life eternal. You're not going to be dumped out of town anymore. Jesus was at the gate and he changed your life completely. And when Jesus changes lives, you have a different life to live. You start living then. You were dead and being carried out and you start living again. Let's look at the Lord Jesus Christ. He approached the coffin and touched it. The procession stopped and that ended the trip to the grave forever and ever. How would you like him to stop today and touch your life? You're not destined for the grave. You're not. Many have been stopped on their way to the grave. I am one of them. I am. He alone can stop a sinner's downward course to death and set him back on his way to life and life eternal. He alone will stop death forever. And we shall as Christians one day sing that beautiful chorus. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? This is what Jesus does. This is when he meets death at the gate. This is what he did on the cross of Calvary over 2,000 years ago. And this is what he can do to your life today and change your life and give you eternal life. Then he did something, the Lord Jesus Christ, what seemed useless to man. Listen to this. What seems useless to man. He approached him and he said, young man, I say to you, arise. You know what? He spoke to a dead person. Did you ever think that he spoke? People said, he's speaking to a dead person. This guy is not going to hear. Let me ask you a question. Did this young man hear? Why? Why? It's a happy ending. If you're crying, stop it. Why did this man hear? Because Jesus, the creator of life, is asking. 
and is shouting and is calling him by name. Young man, young man, I say to you, arise. And this is the voice of Jesus Christ today. Young woman there sitting. Jesus is telling to you, young woman, I say to you at this very moment, arise. Arise from your death. Arise from your death. Here I am coming. I am defying death to give you eternal life and give you a life that you've never tasted before. The young man sat up. He heard, huh? Did Lazarus hear? Did this man hear? He sat up. I want to make a a little note here of my own. When Jesus raises you up, you sit down because it shows a sign of health. A healthy man does not does not uh, sleep all the time in bed. It'd be a sick man. Or a lazy man, you know. But a healthy man sits up and says, what can I do today? He sat up. A sign of health. And guess what? He starts speaking. What's the sign of a new life? When Jesus came to the, in Mark chapter 5, when he came, let's open that for a second. When he crossed over and he came to the Gadarenes, and there he saw a man who was filled with evil spirit. No one could subdue him. Let's take it from verse uh, 15. And he healed the man. Verse, chapter 5, verse 15. They came to Jesus and observed the man had been, who had been demon-possessed. What? What does your Bible say? Sitting down. He became healthy. The same word. He was sitting down. Clothed and in his right man. This is what God does when he enters your life. When he changes your life. You become in your right mind. You become clothed. And you become healthy. And you will be sitting. One more thing he did to him. The man started speaking. And when Jesus saves you. You cannot stay a closet Christian. Is that right? Closet Christian. When God saved my soul, it was 11 p.m. on a Tuesday night. If I remember well, yeah. And how many years ago? 48 years ago. Next morning, I went to work. I sat on my desk, and they came and asked me, Adel, where are we going tonight? You know, we had a friends at work. Every night we were winning. I said, tonight I'm not going anywhere with you. I said, why? I said, last night, Jesus changed my life. What, what does this mean? Go witness. Go talk. You cannot be saved and not go and tell any people around you. You cannot get saved at church and go to your husband today and stay at, at, at noon and stay at lunch and look in him in the eyes and you look at How are you? Fine. How are you? Good. Where is the joy? When God saved me, I was flying. If God really saved you, you will be flying. 
And you'll be sitting healthy and you'll be telling every Tom, Dick and Harry about your salvation. If you got saved last week and I didn't know about it, that's a problem. I have a problem with that. And you should have a problem. But if you got saved, I said, I want to call Adolf and I want to tell him that the Lord changed my life. When I talked to Candice, she said, Adolf, the very first thing, he cleaned my mouth. I remember she did this. He cleaned my mouth. Right, Candice? And she said, I said, would you like to, to tell God, to tell the church about it? She said, yeah. She said, well, give me time. She said, yeah. And you heard her last Wednesday. It was a big yeah, right? And she stood boldly witnessing what the Lord has done in her life. And the man said here, Lord, I want to stay with you. I want to follow you. I want to go wherever you are. You go. You, you go. And the Lord said one thing. No, 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 no. He said to him, go home. Verse 19 in your book. Go home to your people. And what? Report to them. Tell them. Speak like this young man. He started talking to all these mourners. And he said, you mourners, I am no more dead. Yeah, we can see that. <laughs> I am no more dead. I am alive because Jesus touched me. Jesus changed my life. And he started talking and no one could stop him. And that funeral turned into a wedding. Turned into a joy. Can you imagine the mother? Can you imagine those people who are behind him? Can you imagine the whole town all together? And life came to Nain. And this town was never again the same. Go report to them. And what should I report, sir? I don't know what to say. He said, I'll tell you. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be a great speaker. Go tell them what the Lord has done for you. Good night. Close the chapter. What the Lord has done for you, Kathy. What the Lord has done for you. Carl, what? That's it. You don't have to be a big preacher. Tell, tell them. Go witness. Go tell everyone. And guess what? This man started speaking, and I leave you with this word. Someone said, and I read that, this man spoke at his own funeral. <laughs> That's the only one. The only one. You can quote that. That's, that's true. He spoke at his own funeral. And guess what? You are be a speak, you'll be the one say, I was in a funeral, but God changed my life. Will you take him as Savior today? And if you are saved, rejoice because Jesus Christ came into your life and changed it forever. Let's bow our heads for prayers. Our Father, we thank you. Your word will go and will never come back empty. May you save souls, strengthen the Christians, and help us to live as living souls for you. Help us to witness. Help us to be healthy, healthy Christians living to honor you all the days of our lives. Dismiss us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. If there's someone who wants to talk to me after this meeting about salvation, I'll be more than happy to talk to you about that. And may God bless you and be with you and see you tomorrow night. Enjoy the day.